What's going on, motherfuckers? Welcome to the Crocs and Hot Pockets podcast. My name is Snackers, and today is Sunday, October 25th, 2020, and this is episode number 132. Tonight on the show, we have the one and only Mr. Hunter AP. What's good, dog? Hello. How's it going? <laughs> it's going well, man. How are you doing today? Doing all right. Doing all right. Good weekend. Nothing really crazy. Crazy. Uh, you know what I just now realized is I always ask people how they're doing before the podcast starts. And then after the camera turns on, I ask them how how they are again. I'm like, God damn it. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's like human decency or something. Right. Like, right. Like, it's fine. I mean, I hung out with my girlfriend uh, and like a bunch of friends for her birthday. Uh, we did like a Bob Ross type of painting thing. Uh, she lives in uh, like a rural area with like lots of farmland. So there's just a farm dedicated to this uh, stuff. Uh, I'm horrible at painting. So, something just clicked in my brain. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm terrible at art. So they had, like, a prompt, and they're like, try to do this, but do whatever you want. And I'm like, I look, man, I'm just going to do something. It's not going to be good. Uh, here you go. So I still have it somewhere, but uh, I think I'm going to immediately put it in storage to hide it. <laughs> that bad? Yep. So when you <laughs> said a painting farm, I thought that, this was like another way to describe what it actually is. Like for those of you who are wondering what the fuck we're talking about, the places where you pay money and you paint in a group setting, uh, like a painting with a twist where it's you and 20, 30 other people. So what he went to was a painting farm, like actually on a farm where they have a bunch of other animals that just like run rampant throughout, uh, which I had never heard of before. It's always just the people the, the person who's teaching the class and the painting, and that's it. This motherfucker's got oh, yeah. goats that'll hang out with you, and that is awesome. Oh, yeah. they had The goats were great. They wanted, like, the kibble that you could feed them. Uh, geese were the demon spawn that were yelling. Literally, there was one dude, our friend Paul, would walk by. Like, the moment he got out of his car, like, 50 feet away, they started, like, going nuts. They're like, who is this tall man? Like, kill him. Kill him. Uh, they had chickens, but those were uneventful. They had one like goose that was like put in timeout with the chickens in a separate pen from the other geese. So bad. <laughs> and like we were saying before the podcast, uh, geese are already like massive, massive assholes. And to put them in a confined area with other humans is kind of just like that is just a, a recipe for disaster. I, I got nothing. I, I was just like, look, man. These geese are going to kill somebody if you don't let them, uh, if you let them out. So, uh, probably best to keep them in there. Maybe don't separate them, though, because they might, they got mad, I guess. I wonder if, if the people that are running the, the paint farm are like, they're thinking to themselves, okay, we need a wide assortment of animals that are going to hang out, uh, at this farm. What do we got? Okay. We got, we got some goats. All right. That'll work. Uh, okay. We got a couple cats. That's cool. And we don't have anything else, so let's just ha let's just use the geese that we have. <laughs> see and see like, how those do. I just like the other thing is I don't hear about people just having geese. You know, it's not right animal you keep. But they had three of them, uh, in the same pen as the goats, except for that one that was banned. Uh, <laughs> they did have cows of like in a. I feel like it's a farm first, and then the person's like, you know, I might as well also have this art business while I do whatever. So. They just existed, but the cats were the were the spotlight of my show. Just like five <laughs> cats all to myself. Just like they all came around at some point. I was like, thank God, I, more cats. All they want to do is be pet. It was great. Uh, did you get any pictures of the cats by chance? Oh, let's. 
I took like a Snapchat of a cat, but I was too excited just petting them. <laughs> I don't know why, but I've I've never I've never thought of looking for a painting place that had a cat. Oh my god. Like this one, like the first one I found, it was on a table and it was just like, come pet me. And I'm like, all right. Uh, <laughs> 20 minutes or so go by, more people show up and then more cats come like another two cats. And then, you know, hour passes were like starting the uh, painting where it like different tables. And then I see two more cats and I'm like, dude, you didn't tell me how many cats you had. Like when you first said hello, like welcome to the farm. But uh, they were great. They were fantastic. They all just wanted nonstop pets. So oh, those, are, those are the best cats. Good shit. Uh, well, hey, happy belated uh, uh, birthday to your girlfriend. I'm sure you guys had an awesome time. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let her know. I'll be like, hey, this guy you don't know. Wish you happy birthday. But <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing stuff like that. Um, so the, the reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast a, is because like we get along pretty well. Uh, we're both huge tech heads and um, it's always been a good time. I think you're crazy fucking smart. And I always love learning people from that as well. Oh, wow. I'm so humbled. Wow. <laughs> like, it's one thing that people say, like, man, you're smart. But it's like, put me on a live show and call me smart. Do it. <laughs> I'm fucking blushing. I don't want oh to. My God. Um, so yeah. what I'd like for you to do is take a quick moment. Um, introduce yourself. If you want to say, like, a quick thing about, like, what do you love? What do you do? Um, who do you do? And, uh, yeah, oh. take it from there. <laughs> I mean, so I'm Hunter AP or just Hunter or whatever that's pretty much my handle everywhere uh grew up in new jersey uh just nothing really important leading up to it i did i was gonna go into accounting when i first went to college and then realized how much i hated doing math for a living and then i went to computer science which is instead of literal math it's theoretical math (laughs) so i i liked it better i guess but uh i i do very much like like doing software development and stuff uh I graduated, uh, tried to find a job. The job market was just kind of trash in the area. Like they were like, let's look for in- entry level jobs that require three years experience. And I'm like, that's not entry level, sir. That is like associate or something. But I finally still in found Jersey? one that was still in Jersey. Okay. Yep. Um, uh, initially it was like a software support thing. Like they're, you know, basically we have an app that you, we need to make sure runs all the time. So if it breaks, we'll call you. So being on call, similar to your job. Yep. Uh, and then I slowly, but I was on a contract basis. So I was like, whatever. And then been there for two years. And then I finally got promoted. Uh, well, hired full time. And now I'm listed as a senior software developer. So it's a real big jump from junior support engineer <laughs> to senior software developer. Yeah. So now like my LinkedIn is just immediately like popping with people being like, yo, what happened? <laughs> that's a quite a big jump especially to go from not intern but like a, a consultant and then jump Basically. all the way to full time um yeah shit i was just gonna ask you about um oh how old are you if you don't mind me asking uh so i'm 26 i was okay. born 1994 um any other relevant details no not really. uh, so i wasn't actually i mean not really that important, but I was actually not born in America. I was born in Israel, and then I moved in 2001. So nobody knows because I don't have an accent. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you said 2001, so seven years. So you're in Israel for seven years. Yep. Holy shit. Okay. Um, both mom and dad moved with you? Yeah. So my okay. dad was already a U.S. citizen, so that's how we got there in the first place because okay. otherwise... But... uh. Yes, we initially were in New York for like a year, and then we moved to New Jersey. So, 
Okay. Wow. Any any desire to to go back home and whether it's just for visiting or just to live there again? It's so they have this thing called birthright, which is uh, if you can basically show, like, explain somehow that like your twelfth great grand great grandmother grandmother is like was Jewish or from Israeli descent, they will be like, hey, we'll take you on a trip. You just have to pay like a certain amount of money, and we'll like take you this trip to, with a bunch of other people that also identify as like Jewish culture, and they just show you Israel and all this stuff. And I was gonna go on that three separate times, but all three separate times something came up. One year I had an internship. Another year, uh. The people I was planning to go with, the whole reason I was going to go is like two other people were going to go with me and they bailed. And I'm like, well, and then the third year I started working like at this job. So I was just like, you know, maybe I'll go on vacation sometime. But my mom has gone. uh, My sister has gone. And they basically told me the same thing. It's that it's extremely humid all the time and not really into that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. Do you remember anything about it? I know you were pretty young. Um, do, you, yeah, do you have memories? Like, it's it's weird to say because most people like would say they remember like school at that time, but I barely remember stuff. Like I can only remember the beach, uh, the path I took to school, like to walk there. Uh, well, so you could go to the beach like every weekend. So we went like a lot. Like it was like a five minute drive for us. Uh, that's really it. Like, I remember the apartment we were in and, like, some snippets of that. Like, not really the people I even talked to outside of uh, my family. Because then, like, we moved and I'm like, well, that information's, like, irrelevant and wiped it from my mind. You're right. I, for some reason, I Googled Israeli beaches because I thought that they would look different than United States beaches. Turns out, looks like a regular yeah. beach. The This one city that I'm looking at, Tel Aviv, Yafo, just looks like Miami. I live there. Oh, no yep. shit. <laughs> that was, that's where I live. It's the, uh, that's actually, I don't know, like, I can't remember if it's the capital. See, this is how much I know about my own. Okay, Jerusalem is the capital, but it's like one of the central, it's like the New York of Israel. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like a big city, a bunch of skyscrapers, looks like a, a bunch of condos. Um, n- Not a, the beach coast looks very uneven, like it's constantly weaving, like, in and out. And yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it looks like. Oh, all, almost all the buildings are like white and beige. There's not a lot of glass, which I would. Just, I don't know if that's just because of of uh, sand or sandstorms a uh, thing over there. I don't in that think so, area. Like, okay, I don't. I don't remember even talking about one with my parents. I think it's just not common. Okay, uh, I, is it um is it Dubai that has like crazy fucking sandstorms like in the middle oh, of yeah. the city? Okay. Oh yeah, they, it just it's it's. I don't know how it happens, but they just built around it. They're like, everything is safe now. Just stay indoors all the time. <laughs> that is, Dubai is definitely a place that, I don't know if I would want to vacation there, but I would like to vacation through there. Like, I would like to see what it's like, and then ah, maybe it's like, go to the next thing. Exactly. It's like a stop on a vacation trail, but not somewhere I want to be with forever. Sure. The other the other thing is, uh, my mom, uh, her mom died when... So my, yeah, her mom died when she was young. So her dad remarried and had more children. So my mom has like uh, nine real siblings, like full blood siblings, and then like another eight half siblings. So I have like cousins out the wazoo and I'm afraid going there. I'm going to have to like meet everybody. I'm not going to remember anyone's name. They're like, do you remember this one? I'm like, no, no. Do you? Okay. So then you probably don't have any contact with any of them just like right now. 
Not really. Okay. Yeah. Like I have some of them on Facebook. That's really the extent of it. Okay. Sometimes they type something to me in Hebrew on Messenger and I go to my mom I'm like, what does this say? <laughs> Dude, I, I can't imagine that's gotta be that's gotta be kind of difficult to know that you have this home or this place that you were born, but you know nothing about you don't speak the native language. And it's it's almost like you got men in black. Where like you came over here, you oh, grew yeah. up, and then you got flashed, and you don't remember anything. And it's like this this life was a part of me at one point, but I was too young to really ingest any of it. Um, so yeah, I can imagine that's kind of uh, not necessarily hard to deal with, but maybe weird, maybe weird to deal with. I think it was weird the first like three years because the first year I didn't speak English. Like I knew like the words yes, no, and hello. Uh and I like this was around the. The, the time where 9-11 happened. So no oh. foreigners, foreigners were very much like not looked, uh, they were very frowned upon. So, uh, I mean, as a kid, I didn't experience that much. Like most of the people just thought like I was like European descent or something. Cause I didn't, I don't look, uh, of Israeli descent or middle Eastern in general. Uh, and then, you know, I learned English. Uh, we moved to New Jersey and the school like, you know, started the process again, but this time was slightly easier because it was still just learning English. Uh, and then I just, I don't know. I lost the accent at some point. Like it comes out if I speak Hebrew to my family members, but other than that, like it was pretty good transition. I would say it just now clicked for me that you moved to New York in 2001. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So was it after or before? I think it was like actually two weeks after. But the thing is, is we had it scheduled for like three or four months ahead of time. Like we did all the naturalization papers and stuff and then had the tickets and stuff like set up and like all the birth certificates and whatever. And then it happened. And then my parents were like, it's a good thing we're leaving because this is something bad is going to happen in this part of the world. So we should leave. And I mean, they like it was already so planned that there was no way they were going to cancel it. Thankfully, they didn't. And then we came. Right. That that actually could have been bad if you had gone to that point. You're like, eh, you know what? We really don't want you people in yep. our country right now. <laughs> oh, that would have. Oh, like that, my that, life would be totally. I don't. I don't even know. Like that would be an alternate timeline me that I can't fathom. Right. Right. Yeah. Because I don't know. Um. Like, would you still be in tech? Would the tech over there be in a place where you could? Because I. I really don't know where uh, like, Israel exactly. is. Not it, like geographically, like, but like tech, like advancement wise, like where are they as a as a population? Yeah, like they're like most of their technology is military stuff because they have to defend themselves all the time. True. Uh, so, I mean, you turn 18, you have to go to the military for at least a year. So like mm. not once in America, I was I, like, I was like, yes, I, I want to go to the military at all. You know, I was very thankful. I was like, I don't have to go. Yeah. So Stuff like that. But I think totally different person. Kila. Um, from H3H3, I'm pretty sure that she was in the military for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah, I think she was. I totally forgot. I I forget that that is a thing. Um, and it, it always blows my mind that that is, that is a reality for different parts of the world where that is, it's way more voluntary. Um, you know, of course, if we're not doing a draft or anything. Um, yeah, exactly. Cool, man. Well, thank you for that. I, I had n- absolutely no idea because obviously we haven't talked before, but it's always my favorite to get a little bit of the, the personal backstory uh, when people come on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of more backstory, how did you come up with your name? Uh, so I think it was like, wow, when did I get Steam? I think it was like 2009, 
because I was okay. like, I want to play Fallout on PC or something. And I got Steam and my initial name was SAS Hunter because back then Call of Duty was popular and everyone loved the SAS faction. I was like, yes, the British, they're so cool. So I made it <laughs> SAS and I'm like, I don't know, what's a what's a random cool name like Hunter, whatever. And then from then on, I, I got rid of the SAS part and I was Hunter. And I was like, I can't just be Hunter. That's weird. So I put AP on it when somebody gave me a nickname. Uh, totally cool disclosing. It's my that Hunter isn't my real name. Okay. Uh, my real name is uh, Edgar. So my friend called me Edgar Allan Poe. I was like very original, but I was like AP. I like that part. So I put that on there. And then people like some of my friends keep guessing like, what is it? They're like, is it stand for armor piercing? I'm like, no, it's weird. Sure. <laughs> like, like, so they, a lot of people just don't know, but it's really just that. Interesting. If if I would have guessed on how AP became amended, is it appended? Maybe one of those two. One of those. One yeah. Of those. Uh, to the Both? end of your name, uh, Alan Poe would act would not be the way exactly, that right? I thought like, it would go. Uh, that's super interesting. Okay, so uh, first of all, I thought okay, there's probably a good chance that Hunter is his name. Uh, but I'm like, you know what? Like I said, he's a smart guy. I don't think that he would use his real name as as his username. Not that there's anything bad, but I, I think especially if you want to be in the streamer space or if you want to be a content creator whatsoever, uh, keep your name private for as long as possible, especially your, your last yeah. name. Um, there was, uh, have you ever heard of Network Chuck on YouTube? No. He's he's a, a YouTube channel that I just found very very recently. He specializes in CCNA uh, and uh, like networking topology and stuff. And his whole channel is just dedicated to teaching people about uh, networking um, specific to the CCNA. And he had a YouTube video about how easy it is to get information based off of the little information that you already have. And I just was like, oh. My God. And I already knew to like a point, um, I, like probably five or six years ago at this point, I had this YouTube channel that I don't use anymore called Geekmatic TV. And it was supposed to be a YouTube channel dedicated to tech tutorials while my Knackers YouTube video or YouTube channel was going to be just for gaming. And I was like, all right, I'm going to keep these two separate. What ended up happened was streaming came along. I got way more interested in streaming and that channel. It's still there. I just don't do anything with it. And I, I had this article that I wrote on my blog where it was a listing of these five sites where you could Google your name or your phone number and show like what information you could get. Because um, there was like a couple sites where you could just get, dude, there's a mustache that's going into my nostril. What? It's time to shave the mustache. Dude, I'm I'm pretty close. I'm pretty fucking close. Um, so anyway, it was like, and even two very well-known ones, like white pages and yellow pages. If you know somebody's first and last name, you can get a shit ton of information those ways. And so I had this entire blog post written of like, hey, if you're a streamer, you need to search all of your stuff on these websites and see what comes up. Uh so me just knowing how easy it is, every month or so. I Google my name, I Google my usernames, I Google my emails, I see if there's any information out there that's been leaked, and then I do my best to to clean it up. Um, but that also is not easy. No, for sure. I, I'm i not so much as a streamer or content creator, so I don't have the same exact same worries. I do still have the worry about any of my information getting out that shouldn't be out. Like, it's one thing, it's like, 
yes, some of my information is like public because it's known by the government. So like that's something. But if it's somebody knows my first and last name, if for me at least, they can track me down like that. Like it's it's over. Uh there's only certain I, I looked up my name at some point just to see, and there's only like five other people in the world that I could find with that combination. Wow. And I'm like, well, yeah, like my last name is weird, so I'm not that can't say it because now somebody's going to find me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I did see one of those sites that you mentioned, like, I don't know which one it is. I have it saved somewhere, but it's basically like I looked up uh, just my last name, like no other information. No, like not even the United States. I just said, find these people. And it listed me and my entire family. And they're like, yes, we know their current address. And I'm like, oh, that's a problem. Yep. Um, there is, oh, sorry, there is a, I'm trying to find the, I have a feeling that because I got rid of that website, that the blog post itself is gone. Um, and I'm trying to do some, mm, I don't think it's going to pop up. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll have to refine them because there's like, there was like four or five major websites where you could go and type stuff in. And of course, it's one of those sites where if you, Enter in your information, you can get your first name. And then if you pay, you can get the rest of the oh information, which yep. is a roadblock for most people because most of the time, nobody's going to pay money for a chance of getting your info. They're just going to move on to somebody who that's all out there and ready to go. Um, so, yeah, it's it's fucking insane, especially with um, just your name. And, and then if you happen to get an external IP... You can. Oh, it's over. It's fuck. It's no. fucking done. That's like uh, cause I had like a Hotmail that I used originally, and then I was like, no, this uh, this Hotmail I thought was compromised, so I made a new one. I kept the old one just like in case I could like recover it. Like maybe hackers like if I change the password, it might actually work or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, made a new Hotmail, and then I was like, no, screw Hotmail. It sucks. So I went to Gmail, and I have that one that I use now, but. Every once in a while, I still get notifications from the like Hotmail ones saying like, hey, here, you know, here's some scam email, but it usually goes to junk. But I told you this story, I think, on your server that I got an email on one of them that was like, hey, your order is confirmed. And I'm like, what is this? And it's called Rodent Pro. And I was like, what is, is this a scam site? So I go to it. It's a real site. And it's where you have like if you have a reptile animal, you could buy rodent meat in bulk to feed your animal. And I'm like, I didn't order this, but like. They gave me the PDF and they're like, here's your order confirmation. I didn't get charged anything. So I was like, but who used my email to sign up? You know, so I went to the site. I don't know what the password was. I recovered it, logged in, saw the person left their information there. So now I had their information. (laughs) I called them. Uh, They didn't pick up. So I looked up their information and I found it on white pages. Uh, I found they had a different uh, phone number. So I called that and it was their mom. So the dude is like 40 or something and he was at work. So he didn't pick up, but his mom's like, oh yeah, he has like some sort of reptile or something. I like played it to be like, oh yeah. Uh, does your son have a reptile? Like whatever. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, does he order like rodent me? And she's like, I think so. And I'm like, all right, that answers my question. He just like found my email and use it as a burner account. But I'm like, why? Dude, you know what's hilarious about that situation is he could have been as safe and protected as possible, but you found the weakest link that was his mother. God bless her, but she just gave up information like, yeah, he has a reptile. Yeah, that's him, blah, blah, blah. And that's how people can get to get to you as well. 
yeah, like phishing scams are, I get like the work emails. I don't know if you get them too, where they're like, here's this example phishing email, but then a lot of people fall for it. <laughs> I had some team members who uh, sent out like a response email. They're like, hey, don't click this email. It's phishing. And it's like, no, it's it's not actual phishing. It's the company trying to show you this is a phishing email. Don't <laughs> touch it. But they, they have this chain of like, don't click this one. I got it too. You know, like. <sighs> just so that's just. A couple of weeks ago, I had um, I had a client reach out to me and say, hey, normally what they do is they'll just forward the email to me, which is like, if it's a fucking phishing attempt, don't forward it to me. Like, don't forward it to anybody else. So they'll just forward the email and they'll say, is this spam? And I'll look at it and go, yes, it's spam. And then I asked, hey, did anybody click any links? They're like, yeah, four of us tried to click the same link because it wasn't working for anyone. I'm like, oh, my God. So you like, Uh. first of all, she in her email in the is it a scam? She goes, I don't recognize this person. Is it a scam? I'm like, okay, so you already recognized that you didn't know who the sender was. You noticed that they had a co.uk address. And then you clicked it, realized nothing happened, forwarded to the rest of your office and said, hey, can anybody else click this? Because I can't. And then they all clicked it. Um, God, this, that, oh, but that, is, that like- is the majority of people. And then what's crazy is I, when I responded, I said, yes, this is spam, by the way. We need to sign everybody out of their email. We need to change your passwords, do all that jazz. I said, please send me passwords that I can reset them to. They all sent me the same password that they had before. And and two of them out of the four had the name of the company in the email, like in the password. So I responded, I'm like, okay, you need to give me a password that you have not used before. And that does not include your company name in it. And they're like, oh my God, this is so difficult. Like I can't think of any other passwords. I'm like, you can't. Like nothing else. There's nothing. And that just goes to show me that they've been using the same password for the past two decades. decades. Yeah. Yep. Um, How when somebody asks you, hey, what's the best way to create a a secure password? What do you say? I just tell them to get some sort of password manager. It it's so I remember I knew what password managers were and I was like, "Eh, I could just like generate my own. Like I had I being a programmer i could just generate passwords but i'm like no this thing handles all that work for you it makes passwords it stores them it tells you exactly like it can reference what site you want so you're like hey i need to log into google and i have like three different accounts list only the google accounts and stuff like that uh it tells you exactly the username uh you can have notes like hey uh there's like a second 2fa thing here's uh how you get to it or whatever uh i used uh lastpass i know a lot of people uh use uh, log me in or some other stuff, but really just use that. And then you pick some long, long, long password that nobody will ever guess. They say like, find a song that you know the lyrics to off the top of your head and use that because nobody can brute force that. Right. Like it will correct. take ages. Yep. And you could like, you could go even further. Like besides just lyrics, you could like start in the middle of a verse instead of at the beginning and they'll never, no one will ever get it. That is a, so that's perfect. Cause I've, I've been doing the same thing. So chat for anybody listening, um, what he's saying is for your password to be three or four words separated by spaces. If the if the website will allow you to have spaces, because what password managers do is they will give you like a 25 or a 30 character password that's just letters, numbers, and symbols. And it's 
when you're trying, let's say you have to log in on a device that isn't your phone and isn't your computer, and you have to manually type out 30 symbols, it's fucking insane. But if you use a password where it's just like, like Hellhound said, um, eat major ass, you can look at your password manager and go, oh, eat major ass, eat space major space ass. That's somewhere in between 10 and 15 characters. There's spaces in it, and it's borderline impossible for any brute force application to um, to access it. So I'm glad that you said that because I, other people that are involved in tech, uh, especially on the um, backend side, I always ask, like, hey, how do you recommend passwords to people? And I'm, I'm so happy when people say that because it is one of the best ways to keep yourself safe and be able to write out the password easily if you have to do it from from memory. Like, if you're, if you're going to do all your passwords yourself, that's fine. Especially, like, one password that you might use multiple. You shouldn't, but some obviously a lot of people do. Which is why if you use a password manager and your master password that you get into it with is, you know, super long, like we just described, or really hard to guess, impossible even by brute force, you're safe. Like, as long as that service is safe, which usually they are, like, obviously somebody's going to get breached at some point, but that's inevitable. Mm -hmm. But then I know LastPass at least has this where... If they have a breach, they, I think you can opt in to do it automatically or something where they're like, hey, uh, we were breached. We just reset all your passwords or like we we can go through the process of resetting your passwords. Obviously, if you have like hundreds of sites, that's going to be time consuming. But they have like some automation to it, which is nice. But it's beautiful because like I have like 32 characters that I cannot pronounce back to you by hand or whatever for each site. So yep. it keeps you safe. So does LastPass work the same way in where you have one password that gets you into the vault and then you can mm -hmm. go from there and access what you need? Yep. Okay. And you could set it to like uh, clear your memory or something. Like my phone has a thing where it's like after you log in and you leave the app, you can tell it, hey, uh, you know, clear the uh, recent memory from the app. Like so it's gone. So it's not like if somehow your phone's compromised and some app is hijacking memory stuff. It can't do that because they cleared it. They zeroed it all out beforehand. So mm, okay, uh, you're Android, right? Yep. What type of does LastPass support like biometric logins, like either face scanning or okay? Yeah, let me let me actually see if I can do it. So like, Show us your so passwords. I have no. Uh, I have a OnePlus phone, so they have the in-screen fingerprint reader. So like, if you could see it, it's like asking me for the fingerprint now, and I could do it. Whoa, so. that looks crazy. It's nice I, though, but yeah. My um my girlfriend when she was still living in North Carolina and and we were talking a lot, her signal inside of her apartment, which is absolute dog shit, but she had a one plus two? One plus three? What are they up to? Six? Uh now it's eight. They're up to yeah. eight? God damn. Okay. Yeah, they, and God, they're so fast. She was uh she was a huge Android fanboy. I'm like, listen, if you get an iPhone. We can just do Wi-Fi, like FaceTime audio calls. And what we ended up doing was just using Snapchat audio for phone calls because she could just get on the Wi-Fi. Dude, we used that for like six months and it was great. And then we used FaceTime audio once she got her iPhone as well. But yeah, I remember when we were talking, I think I got a mustache hair in my mouth. Hold on. Tastes fine. It's like in between my teeth somewhere. I think I swallowed it. I told you, it tastes fine. Like, why can't it... hair taste good? Like, why is hair just like hair is shit? <laughs> it, it really is. Like, I'm not gonna lie. At some point, I think 
a lot of people grew out their hair and they're like, I wonder what this tastes like. And then they taste it and they're like, this is terrible. Why? I think I, I have no idea. I think it's because at some point humans were like, if we get eaten and animals eat us, we have to make it bad for them. Let's mm-hmm. get really hairy. Like cavemen were like super hairy and stuff. They're like, it's a bad incentive. Yeah. For them. <laughs> By the way, I saw you had a glass and it looked like there was whiskey. in there. Oh, yeah. What are you drinking? So I have this not so fancy glass, but it's actually uh, I think Gray had this last week. It's the White Walker. Oh, yeah. Um, trying to get it not reflective. But yeah, it, I think it's the same one. They have like a new line. I, I don't know when they'll stop making Game of Thrones whiskeys, but it's the uh, Johnny Walker White Walker. So you guys were saying it's like, oh, you know, if you freeze it, you see like some spoilers or something. And it's like not really spoilers. It's just the White Walker on here. Oh, uh, OK. So like, it's if, if you watch season one, you know what I what White Walker is. So it, it's fine. fair. Um, I, so I, you might've seen this. I was on Twitter and I was just asking Twitterverse, like, Hey, I'm trying to get myself some new whiskey. So please hit me up. And so I'm drinking, uh, Elijah Craig small barrel. Yeah. Small. Oh, excuse me. Small batch. And when I tasted it straight up in room temperature, it was not good. But now I remember I was part of that. Uh, I was not in the entire podcast. I jumped in and out cause I was, they called me into work, uh, on call stuff. It's great. But uh, I did get to the part, like I was watching the part you're talking about. Room temperature whiskey is terrible. It's yeah. objectively terrible. Yeah, I, I've i come a long way in my alcohol consumption because I, I used to not even been able to like do shots at all. I would take a shot of anything. I would gag. Uh, I would just like, it would burn. It was never, ever an enjoyable experience. And I don't know what happened, but recently... I think I had just gotten so sick of drinking beer and drinking a lot of beer. And I had started to kind of get back into like a healthy lifestyle. And I said, okay, when I drink, I need to drink less calories. And I just, I just forced myself to enjoy drinking liquor. And I had sort of gotten onto enjoying uh, tequila a little bit, but even still tequila's like changes the kind of person I am. (laughs) It's, it's the bane of my existence. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's nasty. Um, and then I was like, oh, what about I always hear people talk about old fashions because there's usually mm-hmm. bitters and de- involving flavor and there's sugar. I'm like, oh, I could probably go down that route. And so I remember sitting on the couch with my girlfriend and we were just looking at how to make old fashioned YouTube videos. And I was just looking over and over. So I got myself a muddler. I got myself a spoon and some bitters. And I just kind of started assembling my my liquor shelf. Uh, and I just started buying whiskey. And for whatever reason, after 10 years of drinking, I was able to like drink whiskey and actually enjoy it. Um, so I've been making old fashions for probably the past couple months. And it wasn't until the past couple weeks where I just started pouring whiskey on the rocks. And my girlfriend is weird to where she'll open a pop, drink half of it, go to sleep, wake up the next day and finish it. Like, if my liquids are not ice cold, I don't want fucking anything to do with them. It's the worst. Like, I've done that. I've taken naps in the middle of the day. Like, I would open a soda. I'm like, you know, I'm really tired. I'll take a nap. And then I come back. I'm like, that was a mistake. I really shouldn't have drank any of it before going to bed. Mm -hmm. Not because it kept me up. Because I come back and it's lukewarm and not fizzy. I don't know how or why she does it. Um, But yeah, so one of my favorite things about drinking whiskey is when you do have the ice cube in it, the harshness of it kind of tapers off as well. But the flavor also changes, which is something that I never understood before I started drinking whiskey. 
Um, I remember my my ex-girlfriend's friend, whenever we would go out to the bars, he would order whiskey and a water. And I'm like, why do you why do you order both? He goes, well, if I get the whiskey and I don't like it and it's too strong, I can dilute it a little bit and it changes the uh, the intensity of it. And sometimes it can also change the flavor. I'm like, oh, so not only are you drinking whiskey, you like drinking watered down whiskey like this is stupid. I- <laughs> <laughs> you hear about it in movies and TV shows about like the hard alcoholic who like can tell when it's like slightly like watered. And yep. I'm like, you wanted that yourself? By <laughs> choice. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but now to think that I have gotten to a point in my life where I can taste the difference between whiskeys, uh, the Johnny Walker Black Label is still like one of my favorites. I, I, we were at a party. I think for my buddy Randy, we were at his house, and he's like, "Yo, you gotta do a shot with me, Knackers." I'm like, "Uh, I fucking hate shots, and I also hate whiskey." He goes, "I'm telling you, this is this is okay. You're gonna be okay." And I did a shot of the Johnny Walker Black, and I didn't gag afterwards. I said, what the fuck is going on? I always gag, and I always burn. And from then on, I'm like, okay, maybe I can get in drinking some alcohol. So I'm, I'm a big fan of the Johnny Walker stuff. Yeah, no, it's it's good stuff. My girlfriend got it for me, I think it was 28, no, uh, might have been 2018 uh, winter. Like Game of Thrones was finishing up kind of like it was supposed to be finishing up the next couple of months. And she's like, I know how much you like Game of Thrones. Also, it's winter. So winter is coming. Here's a White Walker. I'm like, it's fantastic. It was very good. Uh, it is very good, I should say. I still have it. Like I've held on to it. I'm like, I only use it for special occasions. Uh, mostly because. But uh, <laughs> I don't really um, I don't really like drink whiskey. Like so you were saying whiskey was now your choice or at least the um, Johnny Walker one. For me, I didn't really drink beer at all. Like, I immediately had, like, an aversion to it. All beer. And then, over time, I basically accepted only, like, dark lagers, like, uh, Guinness. Uh, kind really? Of, like, certain ones. Yeah, I don't know. It, but it always made me tired. So, I was like, no, if I'm drinking, I wanna, I'm want i at a party. I don't want to go to sleep. So, I went to vodka. And, like, vodka was easy. It's cheap. And you can mix it with almost anything. So, my go-to is just vodka and, like, some sort of juice or soda. Okay. And it it always messes me up. Like I just I keep going. Like I had a fruit punch and vodka and like <laughs> it was like 60% vodka, 40% fruit punch. And I'm like, no, the first few hits are terrible, but like at some point I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm chugging this. Like can't oh, taste anything. My god. Just just the amount I love fruit punch, but it it took me till I was 30 years old. To look at how much sugar was in the the drinks <laughs> that I had, um, I have loved Arizona iced teas since I can like, since I can remember. One of my favorite drinks of all time. And just recently, after monitoring my sugar intake, I grabbed uh, like a mucho mango, and I'm like, oh, 68 grams of sugar for a single can. I'm like, oh my god. And they're they're so delicious. However, I can't. I only buy the diet. Arizona's now because they have anywhere between like one and three grams of sugar and of course they don't taste as good and then Arnold Palmer is always like one of my go-tos but holy fuck if there isn't we are so conditioned to sugary food and drinks it's insane Wait, let me just let me just I'm not pr- I'm not promoting it but I it's it's my uh vice and addiction it's Coca-Cola. Just Coca-Cola yeah it's the number one it's like it is terrible like I know how many grams of sugar it is but I don't consume almost anything else sugary like i like to keep like sort of a healthy diet like obviously everyone has like uh 
too many fatty foods or something every once in a while. I use, right. I like to splurge a little bit, but we end up cooking most of the stuff at home. And I feel like home cooked everything. Like we get like specifically wild caught salmon, not like fresh water and stuff. So it's oh. like we go for the good food. But then sometimes I'm like, I don't know, dude. I really need this like triple stack baconator <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh I mean, if you do you want an interesting gross Arizona uh Arnold Palmer story. Yes. I don't know if so college, I got like the gallon one, the giant gallon Arnold Palmer. <laughs> I had it for a whopping three days. And like I put it in the fridge. The fridge is working. I could confirm because I had other stuff that would have like milk that would have spoiled. And I opened it, I always poured into a glass separately and drink from the glass. I don't drink from the bottle. I'm not a maniac. But I had it for three days in the fridge. And on the third day, and I'm like, oh, I'm feeling some Arnold Palmer. So I go in there and I'm like, there's a white viscous, like, I don't know what to describe it. It looked like if you took a mushroom and like stretched it out into like a tapeworm, basically. And it was just floating in there. And I'm like, okay, this, this is gone now. And I, can, I have not drank Arizona anything since then. I just, I refuse. I am so afraid if I find that in there anywhere else in the oh can, in another gallon. So I like, oh, that was like 2016. I was like, never again. Damn. And you didn't taste anything. You just saw it and that was enough for you. Oh, like it's it's not like a particulate matter floating in there. It was like a long piece of something like so if you shook the gallon, it would like move and then it would flow all the way. It was together. It was one mass and it was just flowing down. I'm like, dude, OK, I'm going to have to Google. Let's see. Arnold Palmer tapeworm. And see if anything. Okay, no, nothing. Okay, now there's just articles about Arnold Palmer himself and tapeworms. Uh, dude, that's crazy. And I, but I, I vibe with that because I've stopped drinking or eating things for less. Once it's tainted for you, th- there's no going back. There's nothing you can do about it. Yep, it's unfortunate for me, but you know, now I only drink one other sugary beverage at this point. Okay. Well. Do you have um, any food from Israel or any recipes or stuff that you eat? Like, do you eat anything from your homeland or are are you like a completely Americanized diet? Oh, so like, I mean, if it's any indication, I live literally across the street from a shawarma shop. So we got that Mm. whenever we want. Uh, My mom has all her recipes. She used to run a restaurant. So she has. Ooh, cheers. Cheers. Uh. Um, yes, yeah, shawarma, to, man. Oh, it's fantastic. They have like their different seasonings for stuff. My mom has her own different uh, set of stuff, like all the Israeli Jewish food styles. Uh, some of them, like she's not a spicy. She doesn't like spicy food. I can handle it better than her. So I'm like, can you make like she makes batches of just like the chicken, like shakes it up in a thing. And I'm like, can you put a few pieces like in the spice, like with more spices, like the really good ones for me? And just like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so good. <laughs> oh. Dude, bury me in garlic sauce. <laughs> like, please, <Ooh>. God. <laughs> it's like a lot of the Middle Eastern foods are very much just like spice and oil. Like, yep. it's the only thing they do. Yep. And I'm like, I don't have a problem with this. Do you uh, would you say that it was it's your primary palate? Or are you just like, I enjoy it, but I don't go out of my way to grocery shop for it. And to whenever I go out to eat, to aim to get um, Middle East, I almost said Mediterranean. Um, it is it is similar. It, like Mediterranean is more so like a lot of people think like a sort of like 
Greek salad type of thing where it's like a lot of like lettuce and like yeah dark colored greens or like tomatoes and stuff like that kind of setup. But the main difference is that Mediterranean isn't really spicy, whereas like ah. Middle Eastern is a lot more just throw in spice. It's not the same level of like uh, Indian or like Thai where they they're just like, no, like the whole thing is just spice with yep. like water. Uh, but they have their own set uh, and we don't really shop for it. We just like buy a thing of chicken breast or uh, beef, ground beef or something. And then we're like, what are you feeling today? Like, I don't know. And then it's like burgers or something. And we just do it. Okay. Like we just, we just, we're laissez-faire about it. I grew up um, with, with a couple friends um, ranging from Mexican to Lebanese. And so I grew up with Middle Eastern food and I still to this day fucking love all of it. Like there, I always have a place in my mouth for, for Middle Eastern food. I, I love everything about it. And I definitely, when it like comes to oil, I can take like Arabic bread and just like pour a bowl of oil with like salt and pepper That's and just thing. dip the bread in oil and eat that shit. It's so fucking good. Um, I kind of wanted to dive into a little bit of tech oriented stuff and um, kind of get your opinions on a couple different things. The one thing I was most curious about, what lately have you purchased tech related that has just blown your mind or that has just been such a positive influence on your workflow or your workload? Like, have, have you purchased anything recently that you said like, oh my God, I love this piece of tech so goddamn much. How the hell have I gone without it for this long? Like if we define recent as like past year, know. even like a year, year or two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So I have been trying to get into like raspberry Pi stuff. So just a thing, like I have one right here. This is like a case for a four. Um, but one of the things is that I, I'm a moderator for ePost Vox's discord server. I help out with like uh, stuff and whatever, but, uh, being a software developer, I was always like, I had like an aver- not a version, uh, interest in like streaming tech. So when they announced the high quality camera that I'm actually using right now, this is like what it is. Oh uh, yeah, and it looks great. It, like it's fantastic. But the thing is, is that I was so it's using uh, Raspberry Pi Zero right now. And the thing in my head, I was like, well, let me test out. Let me test it out. You know, find out if it's worthy because it's like seventy five dollars for the module and the lens. And then you need to buy a Raspberry Pi separately. And I'm like, a C920 is only like, what, like $80 or less or something? Right now it's 80 but you can get the original C920 for $49.99 pre-COVID so time. Like, so, like, is it a better alternative? Like, do you get more quality for your price or something? And I was working on doing that. And I got it working on the Pi Zero because somebody worked on a script and I changed some stuff. But I was like, will it look better on a Raspberry Pi 4 or something, something more powerful? And for the love of God, it does not work. It just does not. It does not do what it's supposed to. It just cra- hard crashes. So I'm like, no, it, this is still a good project because it still looks way better than normal. Uh, but I like testing like this weird array of technology. Uh, besides Raspberry Pi, I guess the only other thing I bought that really changed my life uh, or like affected me positively. It's kind of hard to say. I mean, was it the past year? I wanted so 2019 summer i bought a 2080 i had a gtx 1080 but i bought a 2080 i was like look i don't really care for ray tracing i just wanted the 1080 ti performance sure but being software developer i got interested in machine learning and i quickly realized the 1080 was not good enough so i went to the 2080 and they have all these like tensor features stuff that like machine learning uses and 
it's like way faster than it should be for the same price as you'd imagine. I'm like, oh, it's a godsend. I one of the things I'm okay. So I am a tech head, but when it comes down to like knowing exactly how a processor communicates with RAM and being able to troubleshoot issues like in between them, I'm not that proficient in tech. I know a lot about a lot of things, but I don't know an insane amount about one particular thing. And as GPUs were getting more powerful and just coming with an insane amount of features, machine learning and AI was not anything that I was expecting. Like I wasn't looking forward to the 2080s coming out and being like, oh, this is going to improve like AI with like background removal or like RTX voice. Those weren't the things that I was expecting. So when things started dropping and the the background removal came out and then the NVENC came out, the new NVENC came out and then uh, RTX voice came out, it's like, holy shit, GPUs can actually do a lot more than I had ever anticipated. And it makes me sad because AMD hasn't really broken out of that shell quite yet. And I don't think that they're going to necessarily just based off of what I've seen and what I've read. But I got to say that the advancement in GPU technology has been some of the coolest shit that I've seen in PC tech. Oh, like if you if you think that like the stuff NVIDIA is doing, it's great. But like there are some people that do some crazy stuff that I could never imagine. Like, what was it? Uh, there, so there was one that's like it was before NVIDIA even came up with tensor cores that they were like, I'm training this product to remove uh what was it they're like you choose an object in the image like you have an image or a video and you're like i want to delete this object but i want you to do content aware deletion in a video and you're like no that's not possible like photoshop already freaks out when you try to do an image and they're like no i'm doing it live and i'm like excuse me and they're like also it's only a 980 like (laughs) six years ago and i'm like excuse me like what are you doing so like it's always astounding because when you think of GPU, really, it's just a thing that's good at doing uh, parallel execution because processors up to a certain point were only four cores or something, and they were for like the main OS or something. And then when GPUs started becoming more parallelized instead of like just raw performance, it became more of a what else can we use it for? What else is highly parallelized? And they're like, you know, other applications like machine learning. And then somebody did that like transition, like they promoted it enough and it became, they, they showed the results of it being popular enough and it worked. And then now everybody's doing it. Like you don't hear about somebody training their AI on a CPU. Like that takes decades. You're, it's not happening. But a GPU, like one 1080, you finish that in like a week, a month. It's crazy. It's do impossible. You, do you know if the, the previous NVENC had its own encoder separate from the other GPU, or was that only a new NVENC thing? So NVENC is always a dedicated physical piece of hardware. Okay. So if you, you ever see the dies, it's even though the die looks like one piece, it's really kind of sliced at some point. Okay. Uh, yeah, it just, all it does is just has a, it looks at the GPU memory or the frame buffer, whatever people want to refer to, and it just encodes it and then sends that through the PCIe bus to the CPU and the CPU goes to save it or stream it or do whatever it wants. Uh, but it, I think that started like the 700 series of GPUs is when NVENC yep. came out. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So, I mean, obviously it started, it was terrible at first, but then they took machine learning and they're like, what if we just trained it? But apparently they NVENC is always trained on like live action footage, not video games, not art, 
not anything really like they i i'm trying to remember uh the exact source but it was like they're always using live action like stuff so they like they might use b-roll they might use like source footage like source quality footage and stuff and they do all this crazy stuff to it and it comes out and it works for video games so interesting can you think of any other piece of hardware or maybe even software that has changed streaming like nvenc has because like nvenc was a thing and people were some people were using it but then touring nvenc came out and pretty much it didn't eliminate the need for dual PC streaming. It eliminated the want. Like all of a sudden, you didn't have to have a dual PC setup in order to contend with these this other uh, other streamer's quality. I can't think of anything else that just has completely leveled the playing field other than new NVENC. And I know that people appreciate it, but does NVENC really get the, the recognition for absolutely disrupting that that type of market it definitely doesn't it deserves more it's one of those things where it's hard to justify for some people because they might like amd gpus god knows why i (laughs) look i'll I'll be the first to say amd gpus have not always been the best but they can at least when it comes to game performance they can compete but for miscellaneous features like streaming content their x264 encoder has been consistently trashed by everything else like the only thing I think it competes with is QuickSync, which if you're using QuickSync, it means you're using integrated graphics, which means you have other problems. Mm-hmm. And they, for machine learning, they get trounced because NVIDIA has all these tensor related features built in. Right. So NVIDIA has been cornering them into like this market of like you only have maybe slight GPU performance stuff. But if it was another technology, I feel like... uh. I like I guess maybe like Elgato's Camlink thing. So I don't actually have a Camlink. I have like the knockoff thing. I don't really use it. Shout but, out to uh, Epos. <laughs> shout out to Epos. He covered it in the video. But it is fantastic. Uh the idea is that you know you you don't need to capture a console or another computer, you capture your camera. Because a lot of people, I remember like 2013, everybody's like, How does PewDiePie's face look so good? And it's like he's using a real DSLR camera. Mm-hmm. Like it's overkill. It's a $4,000 camera. Nobody needs this. But then some people were like, well, can I get a $200 camera that's better than the C920? Because that was the go-to. Yep. And it's it's a great technology. Like Especially the clone, like this thing, may not do 4K. It may do 1080p30, but it's fantastic. Like Combined with COVID, everybody's now streaming. Everybody and their mother is streaming. So it's fantastic. Uh, what I what I'm just now remembering is that when you buy into the Nvidia architecture for graphics cards, not only not only are you getting a, a great graphics card for the price, especially nowadays. When I saw the prices announced for the new 3000 series cards, I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, so you get the awesome graphics card, you get Shadow Play, which isn't as as used now because. Gaming is more about streaming than it is about pre-recorded content, at least for for streamers. And then you also get NVENC. And when you buy an AMD GPU, you're missing out on those two core things. The ability to record locally with very low impact and then the ability to stream on a single PC setup without affecting your graphics performance. And that is just... I don't think that I personally realized how market disruptive that was at the time. And obviously, I get it now... Because I spent $1,500 on a Ryzen-based streaming PC, and then two years later, 
threw a two thousand or a two hundred dollar Nvidia graphics card in it, and I can stream and record on NVENC, and it barely breaks a sweat. Like that's just that's fucking insane to me. It's it's one of those things where it's like I wish I knew more about like the hardware because being a software developer, I had to take classes about like memory management and how that works. But it's like OS memory management, not GPU memory management, because right. they don't talk about that. That's too complicated because that is you need an engineering degree to understand what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And half the time, the technology that they use is I mean, it's proprietary, but it's really if I explain it basically like what I said, it looks at the GPU memory and then it does encoding on it and then it sends it back. That sounds easy. But underlying, like, what do you mean by encoding? What do you mean you trained hardware to do something? You know, like mm-hmm. NVIDIA spent a lot of time and money to train these things. And then AMD hasn't. I don't know if they don't have a department for it or if they, this isn't something they're interested in. But it's one of those things where, like, we always say, like, oh, AMD recovered CPU wise from the Intel monopoly that was happening. But AMD has not recovered from. It's not a monopoly, but it's very much a one-sided like victory over and over again. And I want to see competition. If they release something that's competitive like NVENC, oh my god, like everybody wins. Right. Everybody because now it now Nvidia has to try even harder. And aim like it's it's it would be beautiful. Um, I'm just now remembering, was it you that recommended me the Arctic Wireless Pros that you have on right now? Yes. These okay. are them. They're fantastic. Okay. So I Love these headphones. I have never ingested such crisp, clean audio into my ears before I got these headphones. I wasn't crazy about wires. um, And I'm sure people thought this was a joke. But when I'm playing video games with my shirt off, this cable rubs against my left nipple and irritates the shit out of it. And that pisses me off. So for the first time in a really long time, I've been thinking about going into the wireless domain and I've read so many amazing things about it. I am worried about the audio quality compared to what I have. Like if I had just a shitty headset and then I went to the Arctis, it would be fine, but I'm worried that I've spoiled myself with this headset. And then I'm going to go to the wireless and be like, I love everything about this except for the audio quality. Yeah, it's, I'll, I'll be the first to say I love these headphones, but I think once you've gone wired high quality, there's no going back for you. For me, I went the opposite direction, so I never had the high quality experience okay. to compare. Because uh, my first, uh, th- I didn't have headphones for like up until 2013. I used just like, uh, what is it, Skull Candy IEM? <laughs> just like, <laughs> just like you know, I'm a college student. I don't have money, so when I first got an internship that paid a lot of money, I was like, screw it, I'm going wireless. And at the time like 2015 2016 that was the g933 ones and those are like big clunky uh but they were great and then over time i realized no these are pretty trash like they're horrible they they would make noise they like they literally creaked because the plastic was just i don't know what's up with it but it would make noise and you move whatever it's annoying it got uncomfy very quickly i replaced the ear cups helped a little bit and then i saw the review for these and i was like you know i can't go I can't quit wireless. I've established that this is for me. Mm-hmm. It's not happening, but I want something better. And these are incredible. They, I mean, I, I like my house isn't that big, but I could still walk around the same distance I used to before. Cause like the, when I walked around my house the first time with the G nine thirty threes, I was like, Oh my God, the freedom. Like I don't have to take my headphones off and stop listening to music or like somebody live streaming. I yeah. could keep going. 
uh i do that today like all the time i even do it in your stream sometimes like i uh <laughs> i have to like go cook or throw out the trash and i just like i just go i'm just i'm listening to the stream in the background it's great yeah but i i've accepted that it's not going to be the highest quality like have you seen um linus tech tips did the like the highest quality ever audio headset uh some dude made it was like weird square shaped yes like the wasn't it like a twenty thousand dollar setup or something like the whole stack okay i remember that yep and he like he was joking he's like maybe it'll bring me to tears and then he almost actually cried like there's acting and then you see it on his face that he's like it was too good like yeah <laughs> like, i'm, just, I'm want scared you to of going that deep i don't want to do it yeah i i think that wireless might not happen i i know they uh is it mass drop or they call drop now they might have like certain wireless ones that might be good quality that from like uh What's the, they make like PC 57 X or something, or they have like always those deals with them. Mm. X or something. Sennheiser, it's Sennheiser ones. Oh yeah. So yeah. they make like, they have all these like combined deals and a lot of them are wired, but I think they have a few wireless ones. Okay. They're not like full featured, but the reason I got these specifically is I needed something with a mic so that, and Bluetooth that works at the same time. Because the G933s had that, and I would use it for work. So I would have something else playing in the background while working at home on Fridays. Uh, and then COVID uh, happened. I was like, no, now I need this. Like, I will not live without this. Yep. So I went from the G930s to the Sennheiser 280 HDs, and then I went to the Sennheiser 598 SEs, and then I got the DT990 Pros. And for the same reason you just stated, I... Now, because of COVID, work and play from the same exact uh, battle station. And right now I have my AirPods, which work simultaneously with my, my phone and my iPad. But we've moved over into Microsoft Teams and we're calling from Teams. And I'm like, if I could have my wireless headset work with my work computer, but also tie in to Teams on my phone, because we always do video calls and for the longest time, I just was using a docked laptop as my computer. And I had a sticky note taped over the webcam. So whenever we would do Teams calls, I always had to use my phone with like a tripod in order to use my camera. But now it's like, shit, I could have the computer and the Bluetooth simultaneous connection. And it's like, do I want to spend $330 to have that? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, you, you think it's like... Like, I'll, I'll be the first to say that uh, having the amount of money that I now make, thankfully to being hired full time, that I knew this would be a worthy investment. You know, it's one of those things where I was like, look, I'm making enough money. I am not rich, but I'm living comfortably enough at the moment. I still have student loans. So, like, that, uh, that's a thing. Like, I haven't paid those. I have quite a few. And but if I can justify that, like, this is such an, a quality of life improvement, like some people. Uh, what's a basic like it's like the difference between getting like. Some people have like the drain that came with their house and some people get like, I got like a tub mushroom thing that collects all the hair so I could just throw that out. You know, that's such a quality of life thing because I don't want to spend more than five minutes cleaning my bathroom. Right. But it's like the same thing with this. I don't want to spend more than five minutes switching headphones or having to like essentially log out of what I was doing in, on my computer or I'm in a meeting and I'm not talking for an hour. I kind of want to listen to music, but I need to pay attention. And it's all in the same headset. And it was, that was a worthy investment. Do you find that quality of life reasoning is one of the things that tech people 
don't understand. Like I, to me, quality of life shit. When I think quality of life, I think a, a lot of the reasons why people buy things like Apple products and people who maybe quality of life isn't at the forefront of their mind. They cannot fathom why anybody would buy an Apple product ever in their mind. Do you find that for people like us and just fellow tech heads that quality of life stuff or convenience is not a priority where it might be all about the hardware and the power and stuff instead? I feel like there's three camps of people. There's the people who are budget conscious because that's how they live. Maybe they don't want to be known as the person who spends too much money on tech. Maybe they want to spend something money on something else like experiences, like going on vacation or something. And that could like buying a phone every year is not something they can do. Uh, then there's the people who are crazy about, I need the highest performance. I, I need to get two 2080 TIs in SLI for just my gaming rig. And then I need another two for my streaming rig. And then I need a like Dr. Lupo level of like, I have a three PC setup, you know, like I'm just squeezing out money and it doesn't matter because that's what I want. Yep. And then there's the third camp of people who are willing to spend the money if it makes their life better. Like I, I will be the first to say I'm not the biggest fan of Apple. I use Android. I don't, I'm not fully experienced in Mac stuff. My sister though, once she was invested in iPhone when I don't know, like 2009, uh, she has not left Game like, over. She used to have a laptop. Yeah. She used to have a laptop and then she moved to Mac. And the only regret she has is that she can't play some of her games on steam or she can't run certain emulators. Cause they did that 32 bit update. That's the one thing she regrets. And I go, that's fair because you're not a power user. You are somebody who uses your computer to browse, to hang out with friends, but you are not like, you're not a gamer. So that doesn't apply to you. And you don't care about the maximum performance. You know, you mm -hmm. don't need a core I nine in your MacBook pro. Sure. So it's, it, there's definitely like a huge camp of people who do that. And I get it. I just can't fathom being in the Apple ecosystem because I'm not in it already. And it would right. be a huge monetary investment for me to go in there. Yeah, I mean, and it's also a monetary investment to fucking get out of it, too. Yeah, like, for sure. I, I know that I've bought into it. And it's so funny because I, I always I call myself a self-aware fanboy to where I know all of my peripherals are Apple based except for my computers. I understand that to an extent I am a sheep. However, I real I still realize when Apple does really fucking stupid things and when they make up dumb buzzword phrases during their keynotes, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's OLED. It's fucking OLED. Stop. No, it's it's retina uh, glass, <laughs> like liquid something. I'm like, bro, please, <laughs> please stop. Um, <laughs> but again, in, in this at the same token, I know what their products do for my life, how easy they make it and how enjoyable of an experience. But talking to somebody who's like, well, dude, you could just build a Hackintosh. Like you, you can't, you can't convince that person and they can't convince you. I, I tried to convincing my sister before she bought a MacBook. She used to have a MacBook from 2012. I still have it around here that, uh, you know, 2012, that is first gen Intel core. Like it was like an i5 something. It's terrible. I, I had, you saw me, I asked for tech support on how to like install bootcamp on it. Yep. Didn't happen. Terrible experience. But she moved from that in 2018. She bought a used, like a uh, Apple refurbished 2017 MacBook Pro, uh, some i7 or something. And she loves it. It's perfect for her. It's lightweight. It does like all the features. It still gets updates. But before she did that, before she spent about, I think it was like $2,200 
uh, on a laptop, which at the time was more than my desktop, like including the monitor and peripherals. I was like, please, like, let me build you a Hackintosh. Like, I will go through the entire guide. I will buy the parts. I will help you do everything. I will set it up. I will make sure you don't have any issues. And she's like, no, at that point, I'm just, I want the Apple aesthetic. And I'm like, all right, I can't, like, like, that. I can't do that for you. I can't spray paint the stuff for you. And like, (laughs) I can't. So that was, I mean, that was her decision. And uh, I guess for a long time, I, it's not, I presented it, but I was like, man, I wish I could have convinced her, but I realized, no, it's, that's what she wanted. And -hmm. you can't please everybody. There's no hardware or company that pleases everybody. And if they do, and if they're probably a monopoly and they're going to slowly take away features from you and charge you for it, you know, like one way or another, it happens. Charging bricks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They took away the wire. They gave you the wrong wire, guys. Yeah. How do you how do you honestly feel about that? So there's a huge discussion of you just took it away so that you could get us to spend more money on chargers. Like when you think about the average consumer, not average tech head, but average consumer, how out of 10 people, how many people do you think have an existing charging brick? And an existing charging cable. So the cable, if I got it right, the, the new cable that they give you without a brick is USB type C to USB to, to t- lightning. Correct. Right? So a normal consumer would not know that's a charging thing. Like they, that's only like a very extremely recent addition. Like I think the OnePlus phone or maybe a Samsung one has uh, the wall wart that is type C to type C or something like that. I feel like tech heads would look at that and go, well, what am I going to do with this? Like, because if they have a MacBook, they could charge it from their MacBook. And that makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are used to the idea of I want to charge it from the wall because it's faster. And what if I don't like what if I don't have a MacBook? Uh, I have a Mac. You know, I know they have type C, but that's more effort to go through to get a cable running. And maybe your Mac's not right next to your bed. Sure. So I think it's not they don't see it as a betrayal. They see it as like confused. They they go. I don't know why I need like what happened like what changed and a lot of people don't know the main reasoning is the EU regulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, please stop, you know, wait, you know, causing waste. And Apple, I can't say what their reasoning is, but a lot of people would say it's malicious. You know, they want it for money. I think it's more so that Apple is saying screw you to the EU. They're like, we don't want it. We're going to cooperate because you made us, not because, you know. Uh, it's like you're making us do this so they went out of their way to include a cable that doesn't work with all current chargers to prove a point just like your mandate didn't make sense yeah like we didn't include a charger but you're gonna somebody's gonna have to find a way to adapt that or use their already existing macbook or something you know do you Uh, think there would have been more of an uproar if they included a usb a to lightning instead of a usb c so like right now the, the argument is nobody, and I actually, me included, I did not have a USB-C type charging brick until like four or five months ago, something like that. Do you think that there would have been more of an uproar? Oh, go ahead. No, where, were you, where did you get it? Like, where did you get that specific charger? Did it come with your MacBook or something? No, I actually, I don't have any Mac OS desk, uh, items at all. I only have iOS and iPad OS, yeah. Um, I would love to, but... 
I don't have the money to spend oh, on that shit. $2,200, like, entry. Like. Yeah. Um, and if I'm going to buy a Mac, it's going to be a powerhouse. Um, I bought Anchor's USB-C on Amazon because when I bought my Deity D3 shotgun microphone and then a battery charger, they were both USB-C only. So I'm like, okay, well, I need a, I need a USB-C charger. Um, so question is, do you think that there would have been more of an uproar because they included old USB technology cable, like a USB-A to Lightning? Didn't, I, I just want to say, didn't they include a Lightning to USB-C or something adapter, like at some point? I feel like I remember this, maybe on MacBooks or like something, they included some sort of adapter that was, because like MacBooks don't have Lightning, they have Type-C. Right. I don't I know think if they like included they were, that on the MacBook side. Because I feel like at some point they might have had an adapter. And my question would have been, if you if you adapted Type C to Lightning or vice versa, mm-hmm. why didn't you include this little little tiny piece to adapt it, like Type C to A or A to Type C? You you still cut down on like ninety eight percent of the emissions that you're supposedly causing, but you you literally won over everybody. Like there's you, you would have had zero complaints because people would have been like, you know, they didn't include a charger, and that's right because if I get a phone every two years, I still have that old charger. Right. Like it's fine, but they went the path of yes this is a newer technology and they always like to push the forefront of certain things and you can argue sure there's more bluetooth headsets now but that's because apple made it so not because it was the future right what do you think about the argument that there was a a very large youtuber that had a tweet that had something along the lines of it's unfair for Apple to remove the charging brick because people are used to having a charging brick come with their phone. Do you think that that's a valid argument that just because it's what people are used to that nobody is allowed to do anything? Because I was <laughs> I typed out this tweet probably three or four times and then deleted it because I didn't want to get into it. I'm like, okay, what company? They're like, they should have said, or like they should have announced even though they did, that they were removing the charging brick. People are going to buy the phone and not know that it doesn't come with it. I'm like, okay, what company announced, hey, we have a new computer. It's not coming with a CD drive, just so you know. Hey, we have this new phone from LG coming out. Just to let you know, there's no headphone jack. What company has said, our new product doesn't come with this thing that you are so used to? Can you think of anybody? Like, I think even OEM computers still come with CD drives, like most of them, like unless you're buying gaming ones. Right. You know, right. So it's I feel like none of them like I feel like Apple did something at some point and not necessarily maybe the CD drives that was like sort of dying out because of USB overall. But some point somebody did it, at least for the CDs. And it was just the mainstream because that standard died. But with Apple, I think they made it a statement. And then everybody's like, oh, man. Apple is ahead of us. We can't be behind, so we have to follow them. And it's it's not like a leadership quality. It's like a follower mentality. Sure. And I I, I, I mean, for the Walmart, I feel like saying saying it's like, you know, the same thing they did with the headsets. We're brave for <laughs> removing the headset. Yeah. It's not bravery. It was a business decision. There's a yeah. difference, you know. So I think it's the same thing here. They made a business decision. They're like, we have to cut down on emissions. That it was literally that that's 100% the guaranteed thing. The EU told them you have to do it. And they said, okay, 
But if we're doing it, we're doing it on our terms, which means now everyone will have to adapt to our style. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of been their go-to. I like for a consumer to not have that. It's weird, but I think if you explain it to them, saying just a quick note, like, "Hey, you already have a charger, right? If you already have the phone or any phone in the past eight years, you could probably use it and like get an adapter for like two dollars, or you could get an Apple one. I'm sure they have those, and it'll work." Sorry that it didn't come with it, but they're trying to cut down on emissions. Right. I, it's interesting to see people react saying, well, yeah, they got rid of 200,000 tons of shit, but it's because they're a business and they want to make more money. It's like, well, yeah, but they also still cut down on an insane amount of waste. It's good. It's a good thing they cut down on waste, even yeah. if it was mandated by a government governing body, you know. They need. They did it. They followed the rules. They. It's good for the environment, and it's good in a sense of like they don't have to waste all this, all this machine like setup that they have to do to engineer the stuff to slice it out because they use like whole body aluminum for everything. Right. You know, that's a lot of money to design, run it, get the materials, and then you have to like waste all that. Like you have to recycle the aluminum. I guess is what they do. That's a lot of wasted money and time for the entire company. And you could argue Apple's a trillion dollar company, but if they save money, they should hopefully pass it on to the consumer. They, if they don't, that's, you could call them out for that, but it's right. That's the plan. That's the end goal. My, one of my buddies, um, Vans, he just said that, uh, I want to say that they hit, they were a $1 trillion company like a couple years ago. And then just recently this past month, they hit 2 trillion. And it's like, holy fuck, the growth in between then and now, that is absolutely insane. Um, it's exponential. It is. And I don't want to, I don't want to turn this into a, a, an Apple jerk off. Cause I, <laughs> that's not what it is, but I like, <laughs> I like hearing the opinions of people that are on the other side, because I always want to know like, okay, is the way that I'm thinking brainwashed? Because to me, as a tech head, I have 15 charging bricks and a, a bunch of different cables. But that's me as somebody who has bought an iPhone every other year. Like that, that's what I choose to spend my money on. Um, but I, I didn't quite side with the argument that, uh, well, this is what consumers are used to, used to getting a charger. So they're, therefore, like it's wrong. It's like, well, I, I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of things that have changed. Like cars used to come with CD players. Uh, you know, and there, there's things that were just removed. And of course, yeah, it's not the the customer's job to know what's coming and going. But they, uh, I don't think a corporation should have to announce the features that they are removing for, for one sake or another. If you said, hey, as a company, we are releasing a product and by popular demand, we got rid of something. That That looks so much more favorable. But if you say we did it because we made a business decision that's not, you know, perfect. It's it's slightly flawed. It seems like shaky. Like it, it, I know people like to go. Stock market is how you measure a company's growth. And if an announcement for examples like AMD releases CPUs, and you're like, oh my god, it's the best thing ever, and their stock goes shoots up, it's because their product looked really good. But if you have something that like people are unsure of, especially investors, they're like huh, this doesn't seem like a good decision. I don't want to be invested in this because I don't trust it. Sure. Like, I can't say the charging thing is the issue, but there's there's other products that probably follow that same logic. 
and they don't it doesn't turn out well for them apple just is lucky that they're so rich that it doesn't matter they could afford to do it for a year and then maybe if they want they can undo it right i I think that's probably a part of it too is they officially have fuck you money and they can really do whatever they want um i definitely feel for the professional side of enthusiasts that have been like they're in the apple ecosystem they love it but apple has just been so lacking in the professional department and then when they finally stepped it up they released the a ten thousand dollar Mac Pro, which is like okay, oh yeah, the people, the target market that really wanted a professional machine from you can't fucking afford that, and and I understand that as well. Yeah, like uh, what's his name, uh, Snazzy Labs or uh, Quinn? Yep. It, like, so he makes a lot of good videos, and he is definitely similar to you. He loves Apple and he uses Apple products. He he's more, you know, he has more Apple products, uh, desktop ones. But he will not hesitate to say, Apple, this is a stupid decision you made. Yep. He, like, he loves his uh, Z Galaxy Z Fold. Yeah, uh, he loves some of like. like <laughs> I'm like, it's I crazy. Like, I, it, it, he is a fan of like technology that is innovative, which mm-hmm. is good. But he will not hesitate to call out a company for being stupid. And mm-hmm. I think that's like the kind of integrity we need from reviewers and from people who are making technology because you can't just go in and make some decision that's arbitrary and go with it. You know, it has to have a good reason. Sure. What is um, coming from an Android point of view? What is the absolute favorite thing of yours that your phone does or that the, the Android ecosystem does? I mean, up until recently, Apple didn't have like the drawer, like the app drawer. It was, you just yeah. had to have the apps out. So yeah. I think that was it. But now that Apple has it, I guess the next best thing would have to be, I don't know. Uh, It can even be something that iPhones do, but that Android just does differently that fits your liking, you know? Yeah, I think it would just have to be like customizability. Like I know people are like, oh, I could change my background too, but it's like, no, it goes a little deeper than that. (laughs) There's there's like, I don't, I'm not really that much for themes. I just go for the dark theme and like maybe like a red accent or something. Yep. Uh, but the fact that like I can customize the homepage, I have uh, something called Nova Launcher. So yep. it's it's an app, you know, that is a launcher. Like people can't fathom that on the Apple ecosystem because that's not a thing. They right. Apple has the, it's the whole thing. So there's so many different launchers that have their own sets of features. Like there was one that was like a uh, tabbed. So like you would go into a tab, and that was your group, and you could group things based on that. And it was kind of like older style mentality. But Nova Launcher, I group things into a folder, and I'm like, this is my social media folder. And then I'm like, no, this is my games folder. And then I could have uh, drawers instead. You know, like this is my entire set of tools. But also this tool is just for Wi-Fi like stuff like I network scan or like speed test. And you could do that. And it makes my browsing life so much easier. Just like I know where everything is. Yes. Do you um, are you on TikTok at all? Uh, so <laughs> I'm not on TikTok. I do once in a while just check. but don't really use it sort of kind of i used i made one just to see if uh anybody on my contacts list made one because they let you import contacts i did that i found like three people from high school who were trying really hard to be tiktok famous and then i'm like no this is cringe and deleted my account (laughs) (laughs) okay so and this goes into me knowing that i'm a a self-aware apple sheep there was this massive trend when ios 14 first dropped 
there were these applications that allowed you to create custom app icons for your apps. So you could go and download a theme and then change the icons of all of your apps to get like a certain theme. And I can't remember the name of it. Um, Are you familiar with iOS shortcuts? A little bit, yeah. Okay, so it's basically where you can write in code oh, certain things. You talked about this. You did talk about this at once because uh, I think also uh, uh, Harris Heller's editor Sam talked about it, where it's like you put a shortcut. It's a hidden icon in the folder, and it replaces it. Like he did that on desktop, but he's like, this is theoretically how they do it in iOS too. Yep. Right? Yep. And so, like, you can um, natively, you can't download a YouTube video to your iOS device. I don't know if there's apps out there for Android that do that. Um, But what you can do is people who are much smarter than me can write iOS shortcuts that will do that action. Or you can say like, okay, like when I get home, I want you to take this picture and convert it to PNG and upload it here, whatever. There's like the possibilities are endless. Um, So basically what somebody had figured out was What could never be done before is you could change the icons for iOS apps, except when you tap on the app on your home screen, it opens up the iOS shortcuts app and then opens up the app afterwards. So you have the delay of going into an app to open an app and everybody on TikTok was losing their fucking mind because they could change like they could do a theme. I'm like. You're opening an app to open the app and you're adding an extra one to two seconds of latency just to have it look a certain way. Y'all are fucking stupid. (laughs) I actually got angry about it. And um, people started selling icon packs and theme packs for iOS. I'm like, you are all so fucking stupid. (laughs) I didn't know about the selling part. I thought it was just like, oh, you know, it's a cool thing you might have like on an app store. I'm like, no, somebody, of course, had to monetize that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Which... If I'm being honest, yes, the lack of being able to customize my home screen uh, does kind of bug me a little bit. However, if my the app that I want is not on my home screen, like my main home screen, I don't have to swipe left or right. I don't use it. Whenever I need an app, I pull down and type the first couple letters of the app and then just tap it. That's how I open apps. Yeah, it's. I think it's like two different mentalities because Apple raised people on the idea of you have your home screen and you have subsequent pages that you can you have to split up based on a category or whatever alphabet. I don't know what you want to do. And customization was more so the color of like the UI and such, uh, but not the icons. And I feel like Android having that in the beginning was a staple. Like I didn't have Android when it was like Android 2 or something. The first one I got was like 4, which is like KitKat or whatever. So that was like 2012. And I remember going, okay, I'm very glad I could change the icons. I took it for granted because that's something you could do in Windows. And I grew up on Windows. But I think people who were getting on the iPhone train and were subsequently put into the Apple ecosystem were fine with this because it wasn't a feature and they didn't care about it because they got all these other Apple features that did matter. Was Marshmallow before or after KitKat? After. Marshmallow was six. Okay, so the last Android phone that I had was a Droid X. I want to say that that was 2010 because I got my iPhone 4S, my first iPhone, in December. No, this would have been later. So the, probably like March 2011, something like that. Maybe even later, maybe even 2012. And I want to say that I remember 
Marshmallow, but maybe that wasn't the OS that I was on. I want to say no. it was candy related. They all had candy names. So I think you might have been on what was called Ice Cream Sandwich. Yep. Okay. They did, yeah. they did alphabetical order. I don't know what the initial ones were called. I just know there was Ice Cream Sandwich, Jelly Bean, uh, Kit Kat. And then they jumped to what was five? God, I don't remember what five was. Uh, Lollipop. Five was Lollipop. Six was Marshmallow. Okay. So I was way before that so i just googled it the operating system for the droid x was gingerbread which was (laughs) 2.3 holy fuck that feels like so long ago yeah no it's i mean uh i know ios they every keynote that they bring up about their updates it's uh pretty substantial uh not so much in like the ui design but like here's a crazy feature that you never thought you needed or Mm -hmm. that you wanted really badly android i felt like did a good mixed bag of here's some customizability that's for the people who care about it. And here's a good amount of like a really good feature you wanted, you know, like uh, the, the fingerprint thing. I remember that. I think that was lollipop because that's when they added the Nexus five X, which I have like here, I have like the spare one oh as the God. fingerprint reader on the back. Yeah. And I'm like, that's when they added fingerprints. And I'm like, that was revolutionary for some people, you know, it was necessary for some people. And what what Android version did you say that they're on now, like numerically? Uh, they got rid of the candy naming scheme. So you were on 2.3. They're now on Android. Is it 10? Oh, Android 11. They're just going by numbers at this point. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It doesn't help, though, that they numbered it weird because 2.3 was gingerbread and 2.4 was uh, what was the one? Ice cream sandwich or something. Okay. There was H. I don't know what H was. Uh. And then the, it like 4.0 was jelly bean, 4.2 was something, and then 4.4 was Kit Kat. You know, like they, they, it didn't make sense. Right. And then they were like, screw it. We're doing the same thing everyone else is doing, which is major releases are the names. Thank God. Because Apple can't fucking name shit either. Like all these goddamn numbers and Big I, sir? I can't stand their Mac OS naming. Like I remember <laughs> I was like Maverick. Okay. Maverick's fucking cool. Everything after that has been so fucking I like, stupid. I almost bought a Mac because the OS name was OS X Lion or Mountain Lion. I was like, whoa, that's so cool. Don't. Windows is just Windows 7. Like, whoa. <laughs> Big sir. When they first said, um, I'm trying to remember the one that I thought was a joke. When they first said "Hi Sierra," I was like, "Oh, you, you guys, you guys are making a pothead joke because you guys are Wasn't in it Sierra before that." It was just Sierra, yeah, and then "Hi Sierra," and I'm yeah. like, "Why? Yeah, <laughs> why though? <laughs> right?" <laughs> well, uh, it, it, it's nice to know that Apple isn't the only person that makes stupid naming decisions. Um, Microsoft has it, Google has it, Intel has it, AMD has it. Nvidia, has, everyone has it, you know. There's no perfect naming scheme, and people make business mistakes. Do you do you find that they still go in numerical order because it's what the average consumer can understand? Like ten, like eleven is better than ten. Therefore, I need it. So I was having this conversation earlier in Epos Vox's Discord server, but we're talking about the Intel chip naming. Mm-hmm. So. It's one thing if you go i3, i5, i7. You're like, yes, I understand that higher is better. And then, you know, uh, 9900 is better than uh, 9700. You're like, yes, that makes sense. And they they have the right i5 or i7 naming scheme to go with it. But when you do something weird like Intel did where they have 
too many skews where it's like they have the k suffix or the x suffix or the y suffix or the u suffix and they could all be the same exact number and the only difference is that last uh you know suffix it confuses the hell out of people and they will get mad when they find out so i think it's it's not a smart decision it's smart in the sense that consumers aren't smart you have to adjust to the consumers and therefore just straight numbering scheme is fine you know it's if that's what works for people sure and just thinking about that, I think of like, okay, well, so why did AMD go rise in 357? Well, maybe because Intel also did 357. I'm like, okay, well, why didn't they do uh, like 246? Well, because an AMD That's 2 versus, seven. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just one less. Even though it doesn't mean anything to the average person, it could have been like, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe Intel's numbers are better. It's like, okay, well, what if they went forward and they did like six, eight, ten? Like, okay, well, like, can you justify that ten is that much better? Or, uh, sorry, um, six, eight, ten. Can you justify that the eight or the ten is that much better than going with the eight? And I'm sure there's so much consumer marketing science that goes into those decisions that is just way over my head. But most likely things that they have to consider as like a marketing department. Like AMD was kind of special case though. Cause you were like, okay, they did the R3, R5, R7, but they didn't do R9 at first because they had GPUs that were R9 something, something. So that was weird. Right. And then they stole, they literally stole Intel's naming scheme for motherboards. They took X370. I think it was. You're right. And Intel was like, oh crap, we use that one. Or like, it was like Z370. And they're like, well, people are going to get confused. And there was a whole debacle. But it was a brilliant marketing move because then now when people look up AMD boards, they're like, wait, there's AMD hardware to get? Yeah. That like, it's it's a it's admittedly douchey, you know? But <laughs> like, it's a, it's a, mar- marketing is all about being the biggest douche to get the most attention. Yep. And that's why I, like, when it comes to, delving into sales at my job i fucking hate being involved with sales so much no i uh, working part-time jobs before where it was sales like i'll be the first to say i worked at like a shoe store uh well it's like a skater shop place and they mostly sold shoes and the idea was you sell a quota of shoes and i hated it i only did it because i needed part-time money and like i can't fathom just why is sales so deceptive yep you know it doesn't need to be but Somebody did it at first, and then somebody else was like, well, now we're losing sales, so now we have to do it. And then it's just this cycle of how low do we, can we go before it's illegal or unethical? Right. I worked at, um, I worked in the computer department for Best Buy for a couple of years, and the only time that I ever got yelled at was because I was not a good salesman. Like, I would spend two hours with one customer trying to troubleshoot their issues at home while not selling them anything. I felt fulfilled because I was helping out a human being with technology, but I wasn't making the company any money. And that's how I fucking knew that I did not belong anywhere near sales. Yeah, no, it wasn't for me either. I mean, shoes, I wasn't passionate about shoes. I'm not a sneakerhead, <laughs> So that was also the problem. But it was, I was helping people and I was like, part of me was like, I felt guilty that I was, I wasn't lying to people, but they're like, I want this like a certain style of shoe. And I'm like, I got something and I would go to get the expensive one because you, I had to meet not a number of shoes sold, but like a number of profit made from selling a shoe. Mm -hmm. 
And like, it was so weird because then they also tracked uh, non-shoe sales. So like backpacks or uh, something else. I don't know, something. And or hats. And I'm like, okay, so I didn't make the shoe quota, but I had like the highest, like way above double the next person's non-shoe quota. And they're like, doesn't matter. You're getting reprimanded. I'm like, why? Yeah, right. This doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I made you more money. Oh God. Yeah. I, uh, I don't belong whatsoever. I belong helping people, but not when there is a, a dollar sign of chance, uh, attached. Like- I, I became Epos, a moderator for Epos Fox's server because admittedly after I graduated when I couldn't find a job, I spent a lot of time in Discord servers and I was just like helping people with tech stuff because I was like, I have plenty of spare time. And that ended up me being there. And I realized I like helping people if they're willing to learn. It's yes. the same with like, I can sell something to somebody if they're willing to understand what they're buying. Interesting. I've never, I've never really thought about that because... It makes your time not not that it makes your time uh, more valuable, but it makes the time that you've spent more worthwhile when you know that the person on the receiving end is actually genuinely uh, interested in what you're telling them. Yeah, like somebody came in and they're like, I don't understand what computers computer hardware is. Can you just recommend me the best system for two thousand dollars? I'm like, OK, I guess. But we could talk about it further if you're willing, you know, like get the most bang for your bunk or something. Sure. If you're willing to meet me there or if you if not, I guess I'll deal with it. But it's a it's a communication. It's a conversation about purchasing something, you know, like some people just don't want to do that. Sure. Yep. It's our job to guide them. <laughs> uh, as best as we yeah. can at that point. Yeah, like you know, within reason. Like there's some ridiculous people. I'm sure everybody has their own uh what what is it called? It's there's a site for this. It's like a uh, customer from hell or something. Clients from hell. Clients from it. hell. Yep. Yeah. So there, everybody has their own story, and I'm some of the like. It's the same thing with like helping people just in tech support. You're just like, I tried, dude. You didn't want to listen. Yeah, it, it's all you can do at that point. Uh, well, my dude, um, it's been a fucking. It's already been like an hour and forty five minutes. If you could yeah. believe that. Um, oh. you want to get in some Q and A, and we can wrap this up. Hell yeah! Awesome. This was very good though. Hell yeah. I, I wasn't sure I could talk for another hour, but I always try and be respectful of the, the guest time because I never know what they have going on. You're still in Jersey. I'm still in Jersey. I okay. like, literally I, I just wake up at nine and turn on my work computer and I sit there until somebody messages me. <laughs> so. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, first question comes from Hellhound. So which farm animal did you paint and how much detail was it? And that's for Hunter. I mean, I didn't paint on an animal, nor did I paint any animals in my painting. So, unfortunately, neither. If I had to choose one, though, I would probably have drawn one of the geese. Because they, like, you. everybody knows what a goose looks like. But this one had, like, a special bump in its beak that wasn't, like, normal. And I would have just drawn it, like, being angry or something uh, in my painting. <laughs> but I, I was, like, I was already the last, per- one of the last people. And I'm, like... I'm just going to call it now. Yep. Like, too long to t- paint a goose on a bridge sunset scene. Like, doesn't oh, fit the aesthetic. I wouldn't even know where to start if somebody asked me to paint a fucking goose. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, like, artists always say, like, uh, nobody knows how to draw a horse. It's known. You can't, nobody can draw horses. Apparently oh that's God. the joke. I, I believe it. <laughs> it's like, how do you start? <laughs> uh, the tail, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you start, start at the penis. Uh, speaking of legs. <laughs> leg. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, second to last, or last question, also from Hellhound. Will there be a point where Apple will just sell a case shell of a phone and charge more for all the components to actually use it? So pretty much selling the shell in a modular fashion. Look, it's Apple. They will end up doing everything, but I think, you know, that's not real. <laughs> they'll probably, they'll never do like a, it'll be incremental upgrades. Like you'll have like the A, what is it? 14 CPU. And next time it'll be like A15 or A16, but it will be no difference. It'll be like a one slight thing. And you're like, I'm buying it for $700. And th- that's going to be every company. So Apple might do it first though. Do you see tech manufacturers releasing hardware like a phone-ish device or a tablet-ish device and just saying, you can just buy the device if you want, but if you want LTE, you now have to buy that module. If you want Wi-Fi, you need to buy this module. I could see it. I know that they were working on modular phones that really didn't work out. I know Google made a division to do it and it didn't work out. Like you would have like the back of the phone was modules and you would take them out and put them in. That's right. But that was too expensive to do because that's impossibly hard to program. But I think Amazon already has something like that where they're like, hey, you can have this phone, this uh, tablet for like $80 or you could have it for free with ads. And I know that's software, but there's nothing stopping them from being like, no, we just won't include the LGE antenna. They, right. Samsung does that with tablets. Uh, I'm sure other people do that. Well, mostly tablets because when you don't do it on a phone, it's like unheard of. Right. Right. And I, I wonder if we'll if we'll get to a point where phones aren't phones. They're just sold as tablets that have the ability to have LTE added on where there, there's no difference between a computer and a phone and a tablet. They're all just the same machine. I believe it. Or we'll just move to like holographic technology or some crap. Google I'm, Glass, but in, in your brain. I'm, I'm down for that era. I'm, I welcome oh, that with sure. open arms. Give me Mass Effect for real. Dude, yeah, exactly. Like, I, want like, I want the whole thing, like, just like, oh. It'd be so good. There is, um, it, it's crazy to think how, how far technology has come already, and then to think of where it's going to be in just the next 10 years. Like, what advancements we're going to see in the next decade, and I'm, I'm so fucking pumped for it. Yeah, it's going to be wild because like people are always saying Moore's law is dead type of thing. But as we could see, they're doing some other stuff that blows people's minds. So they'll figure something out. Right. Well, my dude, uh, just like that, almost two hours has gone by. <laughs> Absolutely yeah, it, was, it was good. It was fun. Awesome time. So do me a favor, um, reintroduce yourself to anybody that came into the podcast uh, halfway through. If you have any social media, any projects, anything that you want to shout out, now's the time. Okay. So, I mean, I'm Hunter AP. Uh, most of my handles are Hunter AP or Hunter AP 23. So I, on Twitch and Twitter, it's Hunter AP 23. Uh, that's really it. I have a GitHub, Hunter AP 23. Uh, I just post like some random code projects and stuff. but. Uh, I try to stream. I've been trying to like get a setup so it's looking nice because uh, my room's quite a mess. So green screen and everything behind me. Uh, yeah, like follow me anywhere. Awesome, dude! It was a pleasure having you on. I w- I will say that as far as somebody that I'm, I I don't think I've ever gone so fast between meeting somebody and wanting to have them on the podcast. Like we got along so well and vibed really well, and we we care about the same shit. So I just, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on here and, and shoot the shit. I mean, 
I'll be the first to say, like, I only started watching you a couple months ago when you like, I didn't know who you were. And then I think you posted something funny on Vox's server. And I was like, oh, this guy's hilarious. And then I found out you have a Twitch and you do a podcast. And then I started watching you when I could. I started lurking. And then I was like, no, I'll just converse, you know, like whatever. And I, that was only like three or four months ago. Maybe, yeah, it's quick, like, right? I was like, no, I like this community. I like I like how we just get the same brainwave of stupid jokes that we're just like <laughs> nice cock. <laughs> like yeah, in the middle cock, of the day. <laughs> like that's that's it. But no, like it was fantastic. I like it's good to find a community. That everybody's like, oh, your Twitter, Twitch or whatever has to cultivate a community. And it's like, no, he did that. He, he found me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. We'll do it again. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was an awesome time. Yeah, hell yeah. Anytime. Cool. Yep. Chat. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. It was an awesome time. If you want to stick around because we're going to be raiding another channel, I would appreciate that. Uh, but other than that, y'all have a fantastic night. We'll see you guys next week for uh, another Crocs and Out Pockets with Middle Age Stream and Bishop and uh, Hunter. I'll catch you later, man. I'll catch you later, dude. Peace. See you around.